0: The volume. Moneyline Monaco is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook for so many reasons. Great odds and markets for the MLB, NBA, NHL, and so many more Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sports book. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get winnings fast. And it's so fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day and night when you log in. And FanDuel Sportsbook is now live in Ontario, Canada. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code MONACO so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. I'm your host, Alex Monaco. Special guest, my colleague, and a good friend of mine in real life in the sports betting space, Katie Mox. She is the host of Moxie Bets on Omaha Productions and ESPN. Katie, good to see you
1: good to see you i'm so excited to finally go on your podcast i feel like we work with each other every day but it's nice to see you in this element so thank you for having me
0: i know i can't wait to discuss your backdrop and all (laughs) of the sports behind us in the bay via the backdrop no it's it's great to be on with you and of course congratulations on the podcast And I wanted to spend a few minutes debriefing and then kind of discussing the Warriors moving forward. Of course, you're from the Bay. You rode them all the way through the playoffs. They won. So just from a betting perspective, we didn't fully see Vegas catch up to the Warriors till about halfway through the playoffs. Everyone was on the Suns and the Suns kind of went away and then it was the Warriors. From a futures perspective, did you, ever hedge at all in the west or were you Warriors tickets only
1: I was Warriors tickets only but I will say and I and I believe I've said this to you too I was I It was hot on the Warriors for a while, but then when they kind of started to fall off towards the end of the season, it got a little bit scary. But after game one of that first series, the first time that we saw that death lineup of those five guys, I hammered it right away. It was at plus 575, and I didn't even look back, wrote it the entire way because I just knew that there was no way in a best of seven that anybody could beat that team. And look, we saw it. They were not in an elimination game one time throughout this playoff run.
0: And you look at this Warriors team and and I got to see Draymond talk with Redick a couple nights to go. Moving forward, talking about who can even stop this team, because Dre went on and said they're going to win three of the next four, which is, I'm sure, music to your ears. But <laughs> looking at them as we approach NBA free agency here tonight in the next couple of days. Do you, and I'll throw you what Draymond said, but do you see anyone, let's start with the Western Conference from a futures perspective, getting in the way of the dubs at plus 290 to come out of the West again?
1: Um, Well, I kind of agree with what what Draymond said. I do think that the Grizzlies are, I don't know exactly what the term he said was, but the Grizzlies are a little bit of... A problem in the terms of, you know, they've got John Morant, who is one of the best players in the league right now. Interestingly enough, the Grizzlies tend to play better when he's not actually on the floor. But they did give us, I think, the hardest time in the playoffs of any of the teams. That said, I really look at the Clippers. Obviously, I'm on the Warriors next year to win the West. But if anyone is going to be our major competition, it's going to be the Clippers. They got Kawhi Leonard coming back. And they just acquired John Wall, which is huge. So, uh, if, if I'm worried about anyone, it's the Clippers. But then also, is anyone ever really all that worried about the Clippers?
0: <laughs> You're not wrong there. Well, <laughs> coming into free agency, there's a good amount of potential moving pieces Gary Payton, the second, Looney, a couple guys that could leave. We'll see what Iguadala does. And then you have the Jordan Poole potential extension they can offer him, what to do with Wiggins. If you were playing GM for a second, obviously, I imagine you want to bring everyone back, but it's tough when it comes to money in a locker room like that. Any, any thoughts on how Myers and the team should handle free agency with this team tonight moving forward?
1: Well, first you got to pay Pool, and you got to pay Wiggins. I mean, that is the thing that we absolutely cannot live without. I mean, we have a potential other Splash brother, Splash cousin, Splash Crypto, whatever <laughs> we call him in Jordan Pool. So we have to keep him. And Wiggins was just phenomenal. He finally lived up to that number one draft pick uh, choice. So those two for sure. If we look at, you know, GP2 and Looney and Otto Porter Jr. I think Looney is the most important piece for us to to, uh, to keep. He was such an integral part uh, with rebounds, specifically in the playoffs. And the reason why we won a lot of those games, because we were getting beat on the boards whenever we were losing games and when he would come up and make big, big plays. So Looney would be number one, then GP2. Otto Porter for me is someone that, I, look, I want to keep all of them, like you said, but that's one that I could see probably moving. But I think Looney is the most important piece to keep outside of Poole and Wiggins. Just look and, at, it's like he's he's a great veteran role, but
0: yeah, no, I feel you. Well, looking at the East real quick before we move into football and coming up on the free agency, of course, we talk Knicks all the time on MSG. Anything in the East you envision we had Beal opt out, but he may have done that for strategic reasons. Same thing with Harden to get more money with the teams are at. Anybody you see that could be a big player that may move tonight or in the coming days? And if so, anything you would then fire on betting wise in the East?
1: Not re- To be honest, I haven't been paying that much attention to the East outside of the Knicks. And of course everyone is excited about Brunson or not excited about Brunson. However you want to look at this one. I mean, they're moving around a lot in order to get him. It's kind of like, it's like the second coming of Jesus Christ. So hopefully he is for the Knicks here, but the East right now, I still feel like it's going to be the Bucks next year. And I don't know how much they're going to move around. They've got their core people coming back. Middleton is going to be healthy again. I think they can really make a run for it. I'm not too worried about the Nets. I know that Kyrie re-signing was a big deal, but I, don't, I feel like the turmoil within that organization is just to continue happening. But as far as free agency, I don't know.
0: If it was Warriors versus Blank, and you had to go way too far ahead futures, who would you say the Warriors are going to dance against next year?
1: I would say the Warriors and the Bucs. I think they... I honestly think if Chris Middleton wasn't injured, that the Celtics wouldn't have got out of that round. It took him seven even to get out of that round without Chris Middleton. So I think that injury was really big there. Giannis is going to be hungry and ready for it again. Middleton is going to be better. And so I I'm, I'm the bucks. I'm on the bucks. I mean, I do love the heat too. I still think that the heat are one of the most disrespected teams out of the East, but I'll go bucks.
0: I like it. All right. Let's shift to the majority of what your backdrop is. Which the San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk a little football before we talk about the NFC West in particular. For your listeners, and as we get into football, do you have any tricks of the trade, any rules of football betting in particular that you go by that you like to share? Make sure you practice. I mean, you know me; I'm an emotional gambler, so I try to take my emotions out of. Is there anything that you kind of mantra wise? encapsulate in football particularly or is it similar to what you do across all sports uh
1: well it's it's it is and it isn't one I care so much more about football as you said if you look at my background majority of this is San Francisco 49ers I live breathe (laughs) and you know it's what I do with my family I was a season ticket holder for like six years I would fly up from LA to San Francisco every single weekend to go to games so I love the Niners so When I bet the Warriors and those kind of things, I love them, I love anything Bay Area, but my heart is so much more involved when it comes to the Niners. So I used to have a rule actually that I would not bet on 49ers games because I didn't really care. It's like, I just want them to win. I don't want to feel upset. There was one time, I think it was in the 2019 season, we were playing the Cardinals and it was like something crazy, like an 11 point spread. And I hammered the Niners for the 11 point spread and they ended up winning by three. So I was upset even though they won because they didn't cover the spread. And I lost money. So for a while there, I did not bet on the Niners. And for the most part, I don't, unless I can see, unless I can pull my emotions out of it. And I actually see that there is value and it is a smart bet, but yeah, I mean, don't bet with your heart, but that's also the hardest thing to do because you just (laughs) want your team to win. And I will say, and you know, back around the, um, the playoffs, I really, really felt strongly about the Niners covering the six and a half versus the uh, Green Bay Packers. I didn't know that they would win that game, but I absolutely knew that they were going to cover that spread. And so that is something I drove home over and over again. And people kept saying to me, oh, but you're just a fan. You don't know. But also I will say you, if you have friends who are super fans of certain teams, ask them the questions, ask them where they're leaning, because I know more about the 49ers than most people do. So it's not that I'm just a fan. I actually have more knowledge. I'm reading all of the local beats. I'm looking into everything. I know what's happening inside the organization. So lean on your friends who are super fans because they actually know more and it's not as emotional as you think it is.
0: I love that. All right, looking at the Niners, right now our, our home book duel has them to win 10 games at minus 145, a little bit of juice, yeah. which we hate to take, but they were a 10-win team last year. You're in arguably the most competitive division in the NFL, three teams that went to the playoffs and above 500. You got Russell Wilson out of the way, which is great, but how are you feeling about this Niners team? A lot of offseason talk about Jimmy. Is he yeah. in? Is he not? The slow maturation of lance let's start there do you want jimmy under center do you want lance it's
1: such a hard question. You can see I've got my Jimmy bobblehead <laughs> up here. And I am Jimmy G, you know, a lover in the sense that I just really appreciate him as a quarterback and yes, he's good looking. Okay. We've got to get that out of the way, but that's not why I like him. I like him because with him the Niners win and without him, they don't. Now I don't know very much about Trey Lance. We didn't see a ton of him in college because of the pandemic. And then when he came, he had a few games where he looked spectacular in some moment, moments and then he made a lot of really bad rookie mistakes. And The reality is, if Trey Lance was ready last year and he would have beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, then he would have been the starter. Now we're in this weird situation where Jimmy thought he was leaving. Obviously, we thought Jimmy was leaving. He said goodbye to the fan base. And then he had the shoulder surgery in the offseason, which maybe they weren't um, too open about with other teams. But that's a big reason why I don't think that he moved at all, because he was going to miss a significant amount of training camp and some offseason stuff. So other teams didn't want to buy into it. But now we're in this situation where we've got two viable quarterbacks. And I really do believe what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said where they're not just going to give Jimmy away because he's a good quarterback. He has a lot of value. If we have to keep him for another year, and you'll remember Jed York said he's good with keeping Jimmy for another one to three years with uh, with the acquisition or with the um, draft of Trey Lance. So it could be that he stays. I want him to stay. I feel like two quarterbacks are better than one. I'm not going to say I want Trey more than I want Jimmy or vice versa. I think the best quarterback is going to win. And it'll be interesting to see because if Trey Lance does not beat out Jimmy for the start spot then clearly he's not ready for it and i'm glad we saw jimmy
0: well i'm of the belief from a betting perspective if it's jimmy i'm comfortable taking the niners to win 10 games if it's trey i don't know. i can't help but remember back to that texans game when he was i don't think they scored till the fourth or something like that i'd have to double check but i'm nervous from so from a futures perspective for everyone listening do you do you sit back on the niners right now because i I look at your team, this team, like a playoff threat more than a regular season, but from a future's perspective, just talking it out, do you wait to see what happens at quarterback before you fire?
1: I would wait to see what's happening at quarterback before you fire, because like you said, 10 wins is a lot, and it is like a pretty competitive division. I'm looking at the schedule right now. It's like we start with the Bears, which we should win that game, but again, Who's going to be the quarterback? Trey Lance on his very first game, if that's the case, in Chicago, that's a tough one to win. We got Seattle, which, Seattle without Russell Wilson, I, I mean, I don't even think they're contender this year. Denver, I'm not sold on Denver too much. I am a huge Russell Wilson fan. Obviously, as a 49ers girl, you can never count him out, but they've got a new coach, they've got a new GM, he's, you know, a new quarterback, they're learning the system, no Vic Fangio, but – then, then you look at we've got to see the Rams twice, obviously. You know, we got to see Arizona twice, and they're really good, although they tend to fall off in the second half of the season. But to your point, yes, I would wait to see who the quarterback is. If it's Jimmy, of course, you can feel comfortable because it's the same exact team. If it's Trey, you have to account for some rookie mistakes and rookie losses.
0: What's one thing about betting the NFC West if you don't pay, if you're not all in on the NFC West that you think we could look for? forward to capitalizing on or avoiding like for instance we know shanahan owns mcveigh yeah but the rams are sitting here at plus 130 to win the west uh, niners are plus 200 Cardinals will press 300 anything you're seeing in the nfc west that you're speculative about or you're looking forward to capitalizing on
1: from a betting perspective i mean not really again my heart is just like so in involved in this one but you know i will say Yeah. Shanahan owns McVay, except for the one that really counted. We ended up losing that one in the NFC championship game. And I do think just a lot of defense. I mean, when you look at the Niners defense, they're crazy good. And the Rams defense, Aaron Donald is an absolute beast. So you can look at some, maybe some lower scoring games, but then both of those sides also have a lot of offense too. So I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. But I'm glad that it's basically just the Rams and the Niners. The Cardinals, to me, I don't know what what Cliff Clingsbury is doing over there, but they always fall off in the second half of the season. Something happens. They start out real mean and angry, and then they fall off. So, yeah, if we're looking at the NFC West, I would look at that. Like, don't really bet on the Cardinals because they will fall apart in the second half of the season. And between the Niners and the Rams, um, it's just going to be a gauntlet. And we don't have to worry about Seattle anymore. Don't bet Seattle. And don't bet the Cardinals in the second half of the season.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll get you out of here with this. The Niners are plus 750 to come out of the NFC. We know there has not been a back-to-back Super Bowl champion since the early 00 Patriots team. So a lot of pressure on the Super Bowl hangover happening to LA. Do you feel comfortable with taking the Niners? And if you don't, just for those out there, not emotionally on San Fran, how do you feel about we'll say the NFC because that's your conference as far as a team to represent them in the way too early Super Bowl predictions.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I would love to say the Niners, but realistically, no, I don't, don't, I'm not going to say the Niners right now because we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. So we don't know what that team is going to look like. I believe in the Super Bowl hangover. It's so hard to go back to back. It's so hard to keep everybody healthy. Also, the Rams went for broke last year, trying to get that Super Bowl at home in their stadium. They got it. I don't know what's going on with their cap space. I mean, that is like the mystery of all mysteries, how they're affording all of these things, but I don't really see them running it back. If I'm looking at the NFC as a whole, how do you how do you count out Tom Brady and the Bucks? Right I, mean, I know Gronk is isn't coming back. I'm I'm not sure that he's actually retired. I feel like it could be a big joke. We'll we'll see. Or if Tom Brady calls him back later in the season, but this may be Tom's last season. He's going to be hungry for it, and you could just never count out Tom Brady.
0: I may just for good vibes go with a little Warriors and Niners out of the NFC futures bet. Just, just sit on it. support the moxie bets movement i appreciate you coming on make sure everyone listening check out moxie bets on espn and omaha productions and of course all things katie on social media you're killing it and love working with you and thank you for coming on
1: yes i love working with you too and thanks for having me i'll see you in in an hour
0: (laughs) see you in an hour